Thanks for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad, and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message. Good morning. I'm, uh, as always, a little nervous, so let's start with prayer. Let's uh, get that on the table and uh, go from there. Um, So Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and that you came to to us and that you came to bring us life and bring us hope and bring us joy and love and peace. Lord, would you just speak through me now as you've put a message on my heart and then um, as I share, the, the, the words would be from your heart to your people. And so I just pray this morning that we would be attentive to what you are saying to us uh, and what you are saying through us, and that I would not get in the way. Um, I just pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The mask makes my face all itchy with the beard and stuff, so just fix it first. Um, so this morning, uh, if you would, I'd like to invite you for a moment to take uh, a road trip of the mind, perhaps because that's the only kind of road trip we can have right now. So let's get into our our road trip of the mind and and think back to another time, a more civilized age, before the dark times, before COVID, when you could have people over for things we used to call parties or hangouts or games nights or what have you. Call it what you want. We We could have people over. And no matter what you called them, people would come over, they would play games, they would eat your food, spend time at your house, and when the allotted time was over, people would leave, usually. Some missed hints, some took more convincing than others, but eventually everybody would leave. And often, when I think about these times, I think about afterwards when behind them was left a mess. When everyone had gone and you looked and you saw the state of your house, the warm, fuzzy feeling you had when everybody was there was now thoroughly gone. Of course, some had offered to help clean up, but you politely refused. Now, you certainly regret your polite refusal. And perhaps, if you're sitting at home and you're looking about your house and you're like, well, this looks like somebody had a party in my house right now because no one's been able to come over and I haven't had the drive to clean it up. Now, I know my house often looks like a certain four-year-old had a party with many, many friends Um, but he did it all by himself. 
So many things in life are temporary, including the mess. You know, the, the excitement of getting something new, a new toy perhaps, for you whether, you know, that toy might be a new car, maybe new tools, maybe new dishes, new books, or maybe actually new toys. Um, actually, they're, they're called collectibles, okay? Or perhaps you've got a new promotion and the excitement of that new promotion or that new job leaves quickly because now you actually have to do the work that comes with the new promotion. They still give those out, right? So much of the experiences that we have or the things that we receive or buy and the feelings that go with them are temporary. But we were made for more. We were made to experience joy. Not the temporary joy that passes when the party is over and the people leave or the work of the new job starts or when the toy is out of the package and it's time in the spotlight has, has faded. We were made for joy that is not rooted in circumstances or reliant on things, but a joy that comes from knowing Jesus and the work that he does in our lives. So as we continue our series on, on rediscovering Christmas, I want to invite you to take this time together to rediscover joy. Now, Brad and I have our Advent Sundays all mixed up. It might be love. It might be joy. I thought it was joy. It's one of them. Um, but the Joy Sunday is focused on joy because the, the time of waiting for our Savior is almost complete. And so that brings joy because now our Savior is almost here. So in a moment, we'll take a look at the encounter that the shepherds had outside Bethlehem with the angels. Um, but I want to set the stage for this a little bit before that. So the nation of Israel was set in a very coveted piece of land. It was the access between the, the European countries down into Africa. It was a very traveled piece of land and very coveted piece of land. Um, and after the, the Israelites were in exile and came back, they many times were, were conquered. And as Persia began to lose, sort of wane in its power, um, there became no clear forerunner of, of leadership. And then, so battle after battle was fought, and eventually uh, the Roman Empire came in, and they ascended to take control of the area. So by the time of, of Jesus' birth, Israel was under Roman control. It had been for more than 50 years. And so the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, was just another province of the Roman Empire. Not only was Israel a conquered nation, but the prophets who the, the ones who were supposed to hear from God 
had all dried up. Since the closing of the book of Malachi, no one had been appointed to be God's messenger to the people. It had been almost 400 years. And even in those dark times, we know that God was still working. We know that God was still orchestrating the circumstances for Jesus' arrival on earth. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 4.4 writes this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. When the fullness of time had come, God's plan had come to its fullness. He was working even in those dark times, and he's working even in these dark times. All of this was setting the stage for a baby boy to arrive. Joseph and Mary, who was very pregnant, had arrived in Bethlehem with no place to stay, going to the only place available to them, a dirty, stinky stable, Mary gave birth to Jesus. Sometimes we picture this idyllic situation, this nice clean stable, the animals just kind of hanging off to the side, all that kind of stuff. It was a stable. It was anything but clean. If you've ever been into a stable, every summer we go to Mara Lake. And at Mara Lake, there's a place called the D. Dutchman Dairy. It is a wonderful place of ice cream and cows. But when you go into the, the barn where the cows are kept, there's a smell that pervades everything. And really, you want to either finish your ice cream before you go to the barn or get it after because that's not a good situation. Mary gave birth to Jesus in essentially a barn. The circumstances that they were in were anything but joyful. Giving birth in a stable, I'm sure, was not part of Mary's birth plan. Yet, there was reason for joy. Now, I'm also not sure, as we move to, to talking about the shepherds, that those were the first people that Mary really wanted to come see her new baby. I would imagine like her parents were probably the first people she would have wanted, maybe Joseph's parents, that kind of thing. But no, there are some shepherds that she didn't know. But these were the people that the angels were sent to. And so Luke records the encounter with the angels like this. He says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I feel like, I'm just going to pause there for a second and interject. I feel like angel training sessions start with, okay, they're going to be terrified of you. Start with fear not. It doesn't really work, but... Just tell them not to fear. Anyway. Uh, for unto you this day 
in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Or, sorry, Adji was born this day. Uh, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. It's a good news of great joy for all people. Are you all people? Hopefully. Am I? I think so. The, the entrance of this baby boy into the world is the source of our joy. The good news of great joy. And it's not just joy for the elite, for the kings, for the, the priests, but joy for the common, for the shepherds. Joy comes from God's working in our lives as his spirit moves us from slavery to freedom, from darkness to light, and from turmoil to harmony. All of this was made possible by this new life entering the world and signaling the coming of God's redemptive plan at work so that we can have new life. I think part of the reason why many of us find, struggle to find joy at Christmas is because we confuse joy with feeling good. Things, circumstances, or experiences cannot bring lasting joy. Only Jesus brings joy that lasts. Jo the joy, that, that good feeling that comes from circumstances or things, it's going to fade. But the joy that comes from the working of God in our lives is eternal. In a significant number of ways, this year has been hard. There's job loss, mental instability from being stuck at home, from being in complete boredom, loss of real relationships replaced by a computer screen, a loss of life. There's so many reasons to lack joy this Christmas including now the addition of not being able to see those that we love. Needless to say, 2020 has been a hard year. This time in our youth ministry last year, we had over 20 students every week. We were gaining momentum. We could see God working in our students. We could see them coming out of their shells. We could see them learning more about Him, being excited about youth and being together and then the pandemic hit and we had to move everything online and that was difficult and it took way more energy than I could have possibly imagined but we kept the students engaged as best as we could and it was working pretty well we didn't lose that many students and continue to to, to go at what we were doing but over time as zoom, zoom fatigue set in and all of that we, numbers started to drop. But then we could meet again in person and numbers really didn't go back up. It's hard to see when you, you've got momentum and all of that coming and then it gets kind of squashed by circumstances well out of your control. In addition, 2020 has been a hard year for our family. 
I'm going to apologize in advance if I get a little emotional as I share this, but you should know by now that's pretty par for the course for me. Uh, for, for some time, uh, Tracy and I have been trying our best to give Levi a little brother or sister. And 2020 was filled with month after month of disappointment as time and again that just didn't happen. Then in kind of the springtime, something changed. And finally, Tracy became pregnant, and finally all that we had hoped for was, was happening. But as time went on, it became pretty clear early that something was wrong. Through trips to the hospital, ultrasounds, and appointments with doctors, it became clear that we were going to lose the baby. The child that we had longed for was gone before it had a chance at life. I can't explain to you why this happened. And for a time in my mind and in my life, there was a lot of darkness. I'd, it was hard to overcome. The circumstances that came around that would normally brought, you know, excitement, happiness, all of those things just felt hollow. Ecclesiastes 3 will tell us that there's a time for everything. So there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I will always... I will always miss a child that I never met. And I will struggle to understand the circumstances. We read in Romans that God works things for our good. It's hard to understand how life could be better this way. But then I realized, as I was sitting with this, that good and better are not the same. That God knows what is better, and it's not always the same thing that I think is better. I don't have any idea what life this child would have had, but I do know Whatever it is, it is better that the child's at peace with Jesus than in turmoil here. Because of the things that we go through, no matter what it is, hard things, we can choose to live in an attitude of bitterness, of resentment, of anger, of fear. And I'm sure some of those emotions can have a sustaining power for a time. But in the end, they all ring hollow. My hope and my joy do not rest in circumstances. But rather in the fact that Jesus came for me. That he came for you. He came to make a way 
for us to have an abundant life full of hope and joy that doesn't depend on earthly things or earthly circumstances. I take solace in Zephaniah 3.17 of what it says about our God. It says, The Lord, your God, is in your midst. Just hear that. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. He is a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. And he will exalt over you with loud singing. Jesus himself promised that he would never leave or forsake us. That he is in our midst, in the most difficult of circumstances. He is with us. He is Emmanuel. I can tell you there's many times I sat and wept. And there were also many times that I sat in the stillness. The quiet of God's love. In those times, I met him. In those times, I found healing. It's not just a a fun verse in the Bible. Be still and know that he is God. In the stillness, he speaks. In the stillness, he brings healing. In the stillness, he brings wholeness. I don't know all of the circumstances that led you to this moment. Whether 2020 has been rough to you or just the last 20 years have. There are many, many legitimate reasons to struggle to find joy. The troubles of this life can beat us down again and again and again. But there are also legitimate reasons, despite the circumstances, to find joy as we await the coming of our Savior, as we sit in the love of our God. While the Israelites were in exile, God spoke to the prophet Isaiah about their return. And God spoke to them and said this, said, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. For you, perhaps, this time that we live in has felt like an exile, or the period of silence between the New and Old Testaments. Perhaps the circumstances in your life has caused a loss of that joy. Or even just life has gotten away and it's it gotten in the way and it's just slipped by the sides. Like the shepherds after seeing baby Jesus, this good news of great joy for all people, they had to go back to work. They had to go back to watching their flocks. And Jesus didn't even show up on the scene 
until 30 years later. Life got in the way. Life can get in our way of the, the promises of God in your life. When the Israelites returned and they rediscovered the law in the temple after the temple had been broken down and smashed, they read the law and the people were distraught. They were grieved at what they had heard and how far they had fallen from what they were called to. And Nehemiah encouraged them with this. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know what your strength looks like right now, but let this moment be a call back. Let this moment be a moment to return to the Lord and rediscover joy, gladness, and strength. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. As we come to Christmas, I encourage you not to let all the circumstances as difficult as they are come between you and knowing your true joy. The true meaning of Christmas in Jesus. Let the context of Jesus' birth remind you that you may not see it right now and things may look dark, but God is working. He will never stop working. Remember that He is Emmanuel. He is with you despite the circumstances. Let's pray. Just want to encourage you as we as we pray, whatever is is coming between you and that that joy, could you just take a moment to lay it at the feet of Jesus? Exchange your, your heavy burden for his burden that is light. Find rest in his presence. Oh, come, oh, come, Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com, and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstoneairdrie. Follow us on Twitter at csairdrie. And on Instagram at cornerstoneairdrie. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go. Here, disperse the glory.